Welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife, Sherea, we're going to explore all the things that make our faith what it is. From looking at the big picture of the Bible to exploring the tough questions that might be getting in the way of your relationship with God. We're not going to use unnecessarily churchy language, and we're not pretending that we have all the answers. And the best bit, we'll never take more than 30 minutes of your time each week. We want to keep it simple and hopefully have some fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're looking at sanctification. What does it mean? What role does God play and where do we fit in? Find out in today's episode. Welcome back to the Simple Faith Podcast. For the last few weeks, we have been working through a series called Churchy Words for Normal People. So far, we've covered discipleship, theology, and sovereignty. So if you haven't heard those episodes, make sure to check them out. Today's churchy word is a big one. It's really important, and yet I think a lot of people, even Christians, don't know its full meaning or how it applies to our lives. Today, we are talking about sanctification. So Dave, where do we start when it comes to understanding what sanctification means? I think it's really important to remind ourselves of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus. We talked about it way back in, I want to say, episode five, episode four or five of our podcast, and we're now on episode four. So it's worth remembering and reminding ourselves of it. Firstly, God created us. And when he created humans, we had a choice. We could choose to go his way or go our own way. And anything that is outside of God's will is considered sin. And God will not be in the presence of sin, but not only that, the punishment for sin is death. That's really important to know. Adam and Eve were the first people who sinned. They sinned in the Garden of Eden, the first humans, and we inherit that sinful nature as humans. And that means we can't break free from sin. It's, it's literally in our natures to be sinners. Now, sin could be paid on a one-off basis with sacrifices in the Old Testament. We've talked about that. But then if you sinned again, you'd have to go through that whole process all over again, which is pretty intense. Well, Jesus came and he lived on this earth. He preached about the kingdom of God and he lived a life that was totally free from sin. The only life that was totally free from sin, which is a huge deal. And yet, he was sentenced to death on a cross. He died on a cross. And, and when he died, his death paid the price for our sins because even though he was sinless, he took our sin on his shoulders. And when he rose again, he conquered the power of death because he took that punishment that we deserved. When we become followers of Jesus, trusting and believing in what he did for us, God declares us free from sin and welcomes us back into his presence for all eternity. And that's a huge deal. Yeah. So to summarize, in our own strength, we're slaves to our sinful nature. But because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, when we become Christians, we can be declared free from sin, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did. And that's the gospel, which is great news, obviously. But what does that have to do with sanctification? Yeah, I think it's really important that we start with that gospel, the fact that uh, Jesus died for us to take the place of our sin, because sanctification is something that begins to happen immediately after someone chooses to follow Jesus. So in a, a really Christian sense, to sanctify means to make holy. So you know, as believers, our call is to become more and more holy until that moment when we will finally see Jesus uh, face to face and become eternally like him. 
You know, uh, interestingly, more generally speaking, uh, sanctification can be described as, as this, listen to this, the state of proper functioning. And that basically means that someone or something is being used for its intended purpose. For example, you could say that a pen is sanctified when it's being used to write, or uh, the lamp that's right next to me right now is sanctified when it lights up a room. In the same way, you know, people are sanctified when they uh, live differently, when they choose to stop living their own way and they decide to live according to God's plans and purposes instead. Now, the thing is, as Christians, we are continually on this journey. That's really helpful, but there's a little bit more to it than that, isn't there? In this next section, we're going to jump in a little bit deeper to understand what sanctification looks like in our lives. People often get confused with two particularly churchy words, justification and sanctification. Dave, do you think you could tell us what they mean and why they're different? Yeah, okay, so basically, I'm a twin, and although we're identical twins, we're, we're completely different as people, so we're kind of similar but different. And I kind of like to think that sanctification and justification are, are like twins in the same way. They're very similar, and yet they're importantly very different as well. And I know it might be getting confusing hearing all these words, hearing justification and sanctification and all this other stuff in, in one podcast. And if it's getting confusing, I'm really sorry about that, but stick with us because it's so worth it. You know, we, when we shared an outline of the gospel earlier, we saw that there were two problems. When we sinned against God, it was like we had committed a crime, you know, and for justice to take place, we needed to be punished. So that's the first problem. And the second problem was that sin was also part of our, our nature. Sin is a part of us and we can't break free of it in our own strength. So there's the punishment for the crime aspect and then there's the, the nature aspect. Now, when we become followers of Jesus, this is why we talked about the gospel a minute ago. When we become followers of Jesus, he takes the punishment that we deserve and we are declared righteous. In other words, we're declared free from sin by God. So he looks at us as though we'd never sinned. And this is what justification is. So in a legal sense, we are declared free from sin. We are justified. That is justification. Okay, so justification is being declared free from sin. But I think we all know, even as Christians, we still sin. So how do we reconcile being justified by God, but then still having this ongoing struggle with sin in our lives? Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? We keep sinning. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I still find myself sinning on a regular basis. So how does that work? You know, although we've been declared free from sin, we've been justified uh, by God because Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. We, we still continue to sin, which is, it's weird, right? Why is that? Well, here's the thing is believers, we are continually becoming what we've been declared to be. So I'm going to repeat that because that's really important. As believers, we are continually becoming what we've been declared to be. So in other words, we are growing and becoming more like Jesus throughout our walk with God, kind of chipping away at those bumps and rough edges like a sculptor uh, chip, chipping away at uh, a masterpiece, if you like. 
we, we aren't there yet, but we are working on becoming what we've been declared to be. So we're justified, we're declared free from sin, and then we spend a whole lifetime becoming what we've been declared to be, becoming sanctified, working towards holiness, working towards functioning and living in the way that God intends us to. And that's hard. And at this point, I really want you to stick with us here because this is really crucial to understand. There are three stages to this process of sanctification and they all begin with P. Are you ready for this? By the way, don't forget that you can check out the show notes at simplefaithpodcast.com and you'll find more information on this. So if you are listening to this in your car or on your walk to school or whatever you're doing, uh, and you think, oh, there's too much to remember here. Don't forget, you can go to the uh, website and you can check out these show notes here and, and find all of this information. So the three P's of sanctification. We have positional sanctification. We have progressive sanctification. And we have perfect sanctification. Okay, positional, progressive, and perfect. And don't worry, it's not as complicated as it sounds. So positional sanctification happens when we choose to follow Jesus. You know, not only are we justified, remember, declared free from sin, uh, but we are also no longer slaves to sin. Uh, I'd love to look at a passage here and I've, I've asked Sharia to line it up for us. Sharia, would you mind reading Titus 3 uh, verses 3 to 7 for us, please? Yeah, for sure. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Did you catch that word justified? We've just been talking about that. So, so that having been justified, declared righteous by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. But that's not what I want to talk about. I just think that's really cool. What this passage is saying is that the Holy Spirit does something in us to make us holy. We're born again, or as First uh, Corinthians 5 says, I think, we are new creations. You know, so that is positional sanctification. It's very similar to justification, but whereas justification means that we are declared righteous, positional sanctification means that there is a change that happens internally that makes us more holy, that makes us more sanctified. So that's positional sanctification. That happens right in the moment when we're saved. And the next one is progressive sanctification. Now, this is what we usually associate with sanctification. It's that process of becoming more holy and dealing with our sinfulness. Now, let's be clear. You don't need to be sanctified to be saved. But here's the challenge. If you're not becoming more like God as you continue to follow him, if you're not becoming more sanctified, there's potential that maybe you aren't saved. You know, we're saved by faith in Jesus alone, which leads us to become more like him in holiness. Now, the, the big question is, what role does God play in the process of progressive sanctification? And what role do we play as believers? We're going to talk about that after the break, but we're, we're not there yet. What does progressive sanctification look like in our lives? Well, I've, I think I've shared this story in a previous podcast episode that when I got saved, I used to swear, I used to curse like an absolute trooper. And God 
slowly chipped away at that as I chased after him, as I pursued him. I used to have um, a lot of anger in my life as well. And uh, God has slowly chipped away at that and made me more patient and uh, definitely less judgmental. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm there. I'm still way more judgmental than I would like to be. And hopefully, Lord willing, in time, I'll become less judgmental as my walk with God continues. And Shreya, I'm sure that's the case for you as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like I could look back at when I was in high school or before that, and there's so many things that God has worked on in my life. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. But yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have talked about positional sanctification, which is being declared free from sin, and progressive sanctification, which is the lifelong process of dealing with our sin. But what is perfect sanctification? So this is where we finally get to be with Jesus and become eternally like him. So sometimes you might hear people refer to this as glorification. So there's a lot of occasions. We've got sanctification, uh, justification, glorification. But this is when we finally get to be with Jesus. It's you know that ongoing process of sanctification. It won't be finished. It won't be completed until we get to heaven. But until then, we strive to be holy as God is holy. So positional, progressive, and perfect sanctification. Positional sanctification happens, like Sharia said, when we become Christians and we're no longer slaves to sin, we're born again, we're new creations. Progressive sanctification is the ongoing process of becoming more holy as believers. And perfect sanctification is when we finally become holy and truly free from sin. This happens when we go to be with Jesus. So Positional sanctification leads to progressive sanctification, which culminates, which finishes in perfect salvation. In the next section, we'll talk about the role of God and our role in the process of sanctification. So on the one hand, we are saved by faith and not by works, right? In other words, we're not saved because we're good people. We're saved because Jesus died for us and we trust in what he did for us. But what is our role in the sanctification process? Because there's this part of us that knows, and if you've been in the church for any time at all, you'll know that we're really encouraged to strive to live in a good, godly way that reflects the teachings of the Bible well. So there's a tension there. How does that work? How do those things work together? How does the role of God and our role in sanctification work together? Well, let's talk about each process of sanctification. So we talked about positional sanctification. Well, the reality is we do very little in the moment we become a Christian other than trusting God and uh, and then we are positionally sanctified. At the end, When we are perfectly sanctified, we do very little because we come into the presence of God and all we have to do is trust him and we're perfectly sanctified. So positionally and perfectly, we don't have to do very much at all. It's all God. But what about progressive sanctification? Well, this is where it gets really interesting, isn't it, Sharia? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the book of Romans and the book of James, for example, some people find it really hard to reconcile these two books because one talks all about how God saves us and it has nothing to do with our works. But the other one talks a lot about how our lives as Christians need to show our good works and we need to live righteous lives. But what's helpful to understand is that both these people writing these books are writing based on the idea that salvation isn't the result of good works, but rather our good works are a result of our salvation, which is given to us by the grace of God. So in other words, God is at work in us to save us and to sanctify us, but we also have a role to play in the sanctification process. Yeah, that's great. I want to repeat what you just said there. You said uh, that our good works, you know, when we do good things for God, it's it's the result of our salvation, uh, not the other way around. Uh, so that's re- that's a really good point. And it's so important to remember that because it's so easy to stray into this kind of thinking that thinks that we have to perform to, to please God. So let's talk about God's role. Now, God's role is clearly vital. We're going to read a few Bible passages that will hopefully help to to show you that God's role in sanctification is crucial. Listen to this. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, it says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So obviously, God is involved in the sanctification process. I mean, Paul is saying here, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So He's obviously involved heavily. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purposes. There's a passage in Zechariah where it says, Not by might or nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That says, you know, so we don't do things in our own strength. It's by God's spirit. Second Timothy 2, chapter 1, it says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now that grace that made us holy is the same grace that empowers us to be sanctified. And then a few verses later in verse seven, Paul says to Timothy, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. The Lord will give you understanding in everything. So that process of becoming more holy, well, it's obviously hugely impacted by God's work in us through his spirit. Having said that, there's still a role that we can play. So uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 to 8, I'll read this to you. For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner, because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So did you catch some key words there? For this is God's will, your sanctification. He's, he wills our sanctification uh, and then later on, it says that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Now, that's talking about self-control. And it's not just his body, but it's our bodies. You know, we we have a calling to learn how to control our own bodies, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God or and so on and so on, as that passage says. We've So we've got this 
call to control ourselves in first uh, Timothy four six to ten says if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, listen to this, rather train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason, we labor and strive because we've put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all, especially of those who believe. Did you catch that? We've been called to train ourselves in godliness. So there's clearly an aspect where we are working out our own sanctification. For this reason, we labor and strive because we've put our hope in the living God. So we are laboring and striving towards that that becoming holy, towards being like God. And one more, Shrey, if you'll allow me. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 to 12, it says, But you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you are called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Do I need to say more? But you man of God, flee, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue endurance, pursue gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold. You know, all those, uh, all those words, they're so descriptive and they're so important in our walk with God that we are active as well as passive. There is a passive aspect where God is sanctifying us. He's working in us, but there is also an active um, element where we have got to be proactive and not just sit there while we wait for God to do his thing, but no, we go out and uh, chase after the holiness that God has called us to. You know, there is a lot more here. We could go through passages for hours, but I think we can see that although God is ultimately the one that does the work of sanctification in us, there's still a role that we could play in sanctification as well. And like I said, our, our job is to pursue God with all that we have. So to summarize, to be sanctified is to be made holy, where justification is about being declared righteous. Sanctification is about becoming what we have been declared to be. So we can be positionally sanctified, which means that we are freed from the, the, the slavery that we are under to sin, and then progressively sanctified, which means that we are continually throughout this life pursuing God. Uh, there's a combination of God at work in us as we walk with him and us pursuing God as we chase after him. And then we are perfectly sanctified, which is when we come before Jesus at the end of our lives and we get to be finally like him, totally free from sin and in the eternal presence of our heavenly father, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really sweet. So we hope that you found that conversation on sanctification helpful. 
If you have any questions, do let us know. We love to hear from you. You can get in touch on our website at simplefaithpodcast.com or through Instagram or Facebook at Simple Faith Podcast. And don't forget, you can get those show notes as well. These will be a bit more detailed than usual just because this is a more complex topic than the average one. Now, I thought, Sheree, it would be really fun this week if we could talk about how we have been sanctified. And that's really hard. But I wonder if you can think of any examples of of how we've been on that process of sanctification, because sometimes those stories can be a bit meaty and embarrassing. But also, (laughs) if you have any stories from today as well and what you're working on, I want to share something that I'm working on as well. And I've sprung this on you a little bit. So if you don't have one, that's fine. But I don't want you to think that we're just projecting the things that we've got together because we're still trying to figure things out. So over to you. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think something that I... I automatically think about when I was, when I was younger. So this has been a process. Um, but I used to be very, very judgmental of people based strictly on what my friends would say about them. So I wouldn't give people much of a chance as far as getting to know them myself or hearing their hearts or anything like that. Like I, I just thought of people the way everyone in my circle thought about them. And, and I didn't really move away from that for a while until I realized it was, it was a problem. So I think that's probably one of the main things. And obviously like still working on that and, and, and obviously like it's still a process, like I'm not perfect, but that's probably the one thing I would, I would think of from when I was growing up anyways. Mm. Yeah. For me, it was when I was a new believer and I'd come out of a music school where the emphasis was on being you know, being perfect and having the musicality being all the way at the top because you're training to be professional musicians. So in a worship team, I just assumed it would be the same thing. And there was this one person, I'm not going to say what instrument they played, but let's just say I didn't want them to be playing it. I didn't think that they should be on the team because they weren't great and they weren't particularly fun people to be around. But my reaction was, well, just fire them, fire them. And luckily I wasn't the worship pastor. So no one listened to me and that was a good thing because it was immature and you know the the older I get you know that was 12 years ago now and yeah I realize oh you know it's about the heart the heart is so much more important than the music music you know music's great if you can get it sounding good that's cool but it's so secondary to you know having a heart for worship and that was something that I, I really had to wrestle with um hard and you know for me now uh, there's still, there's a lot of struggles. I mean, I could go through a list of struggles that God is working on with me. Um, right now, I think one of the biggest things that God is working on in me is um, my judgmental attitude towards things and people. It's very easy for me to make quick judgments that are usually wrong, but I don't know why. I just have a tendency, particularly towards guys. I tend to judge guys very quickly and then it takes a few weeks for me to realize that I was completely off and completely wrong. And at least I recognize that in myself now. So I think God is working in me that way, but I've still got a long way to go. And, and there's this constant fight with, with pride as well. You know, there's some friends of mine who are doing some amazing things around the world. And I, I look at them and part of me gets envious, you know, because we're, we're planting a small church in Red Deer, Alberta, which is not exactly the hub of uh, culture. It's, uh, uh, we love it, but it's not the hub of everything. And sometimes I wrestle with that and God has been working in that, uh, working on that in my life to help me remember that, you know, I'm where he wants me to be. And that's enough. In fact, that's more than enough. That's perfect. I'm where God wants me to be and where he's calling me and that's okay. And you might find that in your life as well, that maybe God's doing a, a similar work in, in your life. 
Now I'm going to be real here. It's it's not always easy to share what's on your heart and to share some of the the struggles that you have. And I, I hope you find it helpful. The, the The whole intention is that you find it helpful. But I think that's it from us. We've talked about sanctification and we've bared our sanctified souls to you. And I, I hope that's helpful. Sheree, do you have anything you want to add or should we say goodbye? No, I think we'll say goodbye. So thank you so much for joining us this week and we will see you next week. Bye. See ya.